Hey, before we get into our podcast, let me uh, talk a little bit about Boyer's Coffee. What better way to ring in the holidays than with a cup of Boyer's Coffee? I absolutely love it. Boyer's has been roasting coffee in the Rocky Mountains since 1965 and is the place to shop for the coffee lover in your life. You can just head to boyerscoffee.com to order a holiday gift set or box or single bags of your favorite coffee. I like Aspen Gold, but I've had coconut cream. There's French roast. Make some time this holiday season to stop by the cafe truck and coffee cottage at 72nd in Washington. And if you can, do it on a Friday. It's buy one drink, get one free drink from open to close. You can't beat that. And that includes regular coffee and their yummy special drinks like their December drink of the month, peppermint bark mocha. Need to stock up on coffee? On Saturdays, they have the buy more, save more bagged coffee sales in the coffee cottage. This is good timing on this sale as the weather obviously is going to get a lot colder. You're going to want to stock up for the Colorado winter months or send some of that coffee to your friends or send it to us and send it to family. And if you can't make it to their coffee Cottage at 72nd in Washington, you can find Boyers at your favorite grocery store as well as Sam's Club and Walmart. When it comes to the holidays, we love to support local companies. So keep that in mind as you see Boyers on the shelf. They love Colorado and coffee as much as we do. Check them out, BoyersCoffee.com. On this episode of the Dave Logan Podcast with Julie Brownman. If you watch the Broncos game in Spanish, we have a solution for you. I mean, you know that most of us, a lot of us have to watch the game in Spanish. I actually... Si, es verdad. Oh my gosh, I don't understand Spanish. What has Dave feeling like a lab monkey? This is a little bit like an experiment, <laughs> and they're watching to see how we react when they put, like, food under the door <laughs> or some sort of stimulus. And so, I mean, it was, it was, very, it was very weird. Dave shares his thoughts on Jerry Judy as a former NFL wide receiver. Yeah, I'm sure you know about yeah. the tweet that he sent out that said, basically, yeah. at least I got my conditioning in that night, and then he deleted it. Yeah. Dave has a heartfelt message for you, the listener. I've had so many people reach out, and, uh, and I really appreciate that, and so does Cassidy. So thank you. While Julie may be a believer in moral victories, Dave certainly is not. I that, think you should feel good about going to Kansas City. That they were City, closer? That they were closer instead of getting blown out and Let not even in the game. Let me just reject that. And Dave previews the matchup for the Broncos this week against the Carolina Panthers. It, it is so surreal to see Christian McCaffrey and to watch what a great player he has turned into. He was mm-hmm. a great player at Stanford and a great player at Valor Christian. All that and more on this episode of the Dave Logan Podcast. This is the Dave Logan Podcast. And welcome to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman, podcast number 59, I believe. Yep, so close to 60. Yep. How many of these have we done on the Zoom thing? Thing? I feel like the majority. 30? I don't remember life before. I don't either. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for life after Zoom. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, congratulations, by the way, before we get into the podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Really proud of my kids. They played great. It was a special group. We beat a really good team. And, um, you know, to to be able, I mean, just for not only winning a state championship, but for all the teams that had a chance to play. And even though it was an abbreviated season, um, just for high school kids you know, football players and the palms and the cheers and uh, the band was out at a game, at least a small version of the band. It's just really good that they got some semblance of normalcy this fall. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was I was most pleased about that. Probably helped a little bit mental health wise, right? To be able to. I think so. For sure. 
Yeah. Now it was a strange, I mean, it was a really strange season. And I think in terms of just trying to uh, follow all the protocols and take the temperatures before every practice and uh, make sure your offense doesn't practice with your defense. So they're on one end of the field and you never mix. And so it limited really how much teaching we could do in terms of how we like to teach. Um, no nine on seven, very little contact. And as we got, you know, the last probably five or six games of the, of the nine game season, we didn't hardly have any contact. Yeah. We're, you're, so you're basically in full pads walking through practice, which is uh, it's not a great way to teach football and especially to 15, 16, 17 year old boys. But it's what you had to do to give you the best chance to, to get through the season. OK, speaking of odd things. So I got to we're going to talk about the Bronco game. Couple couple very strange things. I mean, you know that most of us, a lot of us had to watch the game in Spanish. I actually... see si, es verdad. So, it was on Channel 410, because I don't direct TV. <clears throat> we don't get Channel or KSA right now. So what I did, hopefully a lot of people did, you turn in Channel 410, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't understand Spanish. So I turned you guys up on KOA, except for I was like seven seconds ahead of every play. Well, you could stop, you could stop your TV and pause it and wait to catch up and then click it. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it's like you can do it with your thumbs. Is it too much to do with your thumbs? Yeah. So basically what I did is I listened to the whole game on KOA. And if it was a good play, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to stop and pay attention. If it was not so good play, I'd be like, man, I don't need to look at the TV right oh, now. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was a good game. Maybe that's the, the new way of watching and listening to NFL football. Yeah. Productive. Huh? Yeah. yeah I knew that um, we were told... I think the day before, maybe, maybe the, you know, at the game, I mean, it was, it was, it was strange doing the game. And again, it's been that way this entire year, this, uh, zombie apocalypse year of 2020. Normally we travel with the team and obviously call the games on the road from, uh, the opposing venue, not this year. So we're calling road games from Empower Field at Mile High, uh, which is just really weird. And you're starting to get used to it a little bit, but right. Not really. So you're calling it off of three TV monitors. And in the dark, right? Isn't that what you guys were saying? Well, that was that was the deal. I mean, for this last game, Sunday night game, the entire stadium's <laughs> lights are turned off. It is pitch black, except for our booth. That is And weird. we have six people. And I, and I said, I don't even know if I said it on the air or not, but I said, this is a little bit like an experiment gone bad. And we're <laughs> six monkeys sitting in this lab that has big lights on them and there are people out there in the dark that we know are there but we can't uh -huh. see uh -huh. and they're watching to see how we react when they put like food under the door or some sort of stimulus and so i mean it was it was very it was very weird but uh hey that's you know what you got to do what you got to do so are you a believer in moral victories i feel like that's been the conversation no no, no. so that win no. meant well or that loss just was a loss the loss is a loss mm -hmm. i mean there were some good things in the game Right. They were able to run the ball. And uh, I thought Melvin Gordon played well. I thought their offensive line played well. I understood the game plan, which mm -hmm. um, if you've listened to this podcast, has not always been the case this year. I mean, I don't have to understand it. Right. Yeah. But but you go back and analyze it after the fact. There have been some things that have taken place that I just haven't quite been able to figure out. But I did understand. I thought the game plan by Pat Shermer Sunday in Kansas City was good. Um, stay on the field. Minimize the times Patrick Mahomes is on the field. Yeah. Uh, get the clock moving, run the ball. And then the two times they got in the red zone, they scored. The issue continues to be how do they generate more points? You're not going to beat 
many NFL teams, and you're certainly not going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead scoring 16 points. So defensively, I thought the plan was good. Keep everything in front of them. I think they limited Tyreek Hill, who did drop the touchdown pass, although he caught it, but it was ruled a drop. They limited him to three catches. Kelsey is a nightmare of a matchup problem, not only for the Broncos, but for every other team. Yeah. So so defensively, with Shelby Harris back and obviously making uh, an impact in that game, it makes you think about this defense, if they were healthy, if everybody was there, because they've been a bright spot, right? I mean, to to hold Kansas City in Kansas City to what they did, what they had 22 like... 22 points. 22 points. They held them to four red zone field goals. I mean, they did their job and more. Yeah, the Bronco defense, I thought, was great in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and... The Broncos had not held the Chiefs to a touchdown or less in a game since 2013, I believe. So uh, that that was a job well done. Um, the issue now, again, for me, with four games left, is and it continues to be and has been for me, is the development of the offense and in particular Drew Locke. And do the Broncos see enough in the last four weeks to – say that they want to move forward with Drew Locke. I would say today, if if you're asking that question today, the answer would be yes. And I know he's thrown the ball to the wrong team too many times. <laughs> I mean, that's that's for sure. Okay, can we pause on that? I think he has, um, gosh, how many? Nine interceptions? Yeah. Okay. In the last th- 13 picks in nine games. Yeah. Is this a guy that maybe has a reputation of being a gunslinger? He's got a lot of these intangibles yeah. that we like, but is yeah. he starting to get the reputation of throwing interceptions? Well, he's he's earned that. Yeah. But I've seen enough, again, at least as of right now, to say, okay, we can, we can help this kid get better because I, I've seen enough natural throwing ability that I would want to move forward. Now, listen, if he goes out in the next four weeks – and just plays horribly, well, then you got to sit down at the end of the season and evaluate what you're doing. And maybe it's not him. But to me, interceptions are a byproduct of footwork and decision-making. And Drew, I think, got into some really tough habits while playing at Missouri, uh, playing against teams that had better talent, playing in situations where you had very little to risk by making maybe that throw because you're down 17 and you got to make something happen. And if it gets picked, all right, you're going to be down 24. But if it doesn't, you're going to get back in the game. That's not how the NFL works on a consistent basis. So, I mean, I, he's done some really good things, but he's his decision-making has to improve, which I think it can. And for me, his footwork, and that's part of the, the coach's responsibility, even at the NFL level, his footwork, you have to work on that to the point that he's confident to step up into the pocket and and be in a solid platform. Too often, when he doesn't have to, he's backpedaling and throwing the ball uh, without his feet being set, and that leads to inaccurate throws no matter what level of ball. What do you think about Jerry Judy? Did you, you, I'm sure you know about yeah. the tweet that he sent out that said, basically, yeah. at least I got my conditioning in that night, and then he deleted it. Yeah. Um, that that's That's not... I think that's not uh, dissimilar to thoughts that I had after playing in games from mid-70s to mid-80s. We just didn't have social media. I remember many games thinking, well, damn. I mean, I'm out here running 
you know, about 10 miles and I got two targets. Mm-hmm. What the hell, you know? And so a receiver has to fight through that frustration. He, he would have been better served not to uh, express the frustration on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but I understand that. You just have to, uh, and, and that's, part of that is he'll mature as he gets going. Is it mature or mature? Yes. <laughs> potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Uh, I've heard it both, mature and mature. I feel like, how can I say this where you won't get mad? What is the Dave Logan podcast? <laughs> I feel like mature people that use mature are mature. Like, are older? No, so mature. Uppity. That's going to get me in trouble, isn't it? Uh, no, because I am older than you. So you'd prefer that I use mature? Yeah. So it'll be a process for him to mature Yeah. to the point that, you know what? And, but it's never going to change. I mean, if you're competitive and most, if not all these guys are, you want the ball. Yeah. That's not changed. I didn't take that. Um, I felt like there were a couple articles out there that that said he took a, sh- a shot at Drew Locke. I didn't take it as a shot at Drew Locke. I just took it I as a I asked Drew Locke the next day. Drew hadn't even seen it. Oh. He goes, yeah, yeah I, I will reach out to him. I'll talk to him about that. I hadn't seen that. Mm-hmm. But that's just part of um, sort of finding your way in the NFL. And I've got news for Jerry. Even after you're really an established player, this is his first year. You're going to have some games where you leave the stadium and think, well, damn. I mean... What about me? Yeah. That's just the nature of the position. And when guys bitch about it, nowadays they're, they're called divas. And that's just been that way forever and ever in terms of wide receivers in the NFL. They want the ball. Were you a diva? Um, I was a competitive. Uh, Jesse? I mean, I was quick-tempered probably. Uh-huh. Yeah, I wanted the ball. Did you I ever mean, get in a fight with your quarterback? Like, give me the ball. Brian Seif was was really, I mean, he was the MVP of the league in 1980. Uh-huh. And he was, and we had, and I've said this before, we are the first team in NFL history that had five players catch more than 50 on one team. So he he spread the wealth, right? But one thing you you knew, and, and I think it put a premium on catching the ball because if, if early in the game he went to you and you dropped it or whatever, there's a pretty good chance you weren't going to see it for a while. Right. So you would sell your soul when the ball was in the air, like, you know what? I have to go get that one. Otherwise, I'm not going to get fed the rest right. of the game. But he was good. And I remember a couple of times walking back and barking at him. And, you know, he'd, he'd sort of give me that look. And, and then if, if I barked, you know, too many times, then he'd bark back and then we move on. Right. He yeah. is the core. He decides, you know, in a split second whether right. I'm going to get a chance to catch it or not. He doesn't have to throw it to me. Mm-hmm. And quarterbacks need to need. I mean, receivers need to understand that. But I, I really didn't have a problem with Judy, uh, given the world of social media, because you know I, I would have preferred he didn't express it in that way. But I get it for sure. So it sounds like if if Drew Lock goes out and completely bombs, then you'll rethink this. But it sounds like. You're in with Drew Locke, but what, what do you at least need to see in the last four games from him? Here's the only way I would make a change. If I thought that there was somebody out there that I was fairly certain makes me a much better team right now, right? I mean, Drew Locke is not, not immune because he's a young quarterback or this is the first year full starting and he's had some injuries this year. That's okay, but this is the NFL. So you, you're going to be graded on that. And, and honestly, if the organization feels like there's a guy out there that if we make this move, whatever that move is, 
free agent or a trade or what have you. And instantaneously, as soon as that guy walks in the room, we are that much better. Well, that's just the way the NFL goes. But I, I don't know that that guy's out there, nor that the Broncos could make a move like that. Um, you, you don't really know how they view Drew Locke long term. But I've seen enough on tape and calling games to know that he is a, he is a very good ball thrower. Mm-hmm. Right? He's got really good skill set. Um, the two things he needs to work on, three things, right? Decision making, know when to throw the ball away and when to try to take a chance and fit the ball in. Number two, your footwork. This was a guy who never was under center in college and he's still, you know, a relatively young player. So in the offseason, which he didn't get this year, right? I think they'll be spending a lot of time with him on his drops and his footwork and navigating the offense from the pocket, right? And then uh, ultimately his accuracy. I think the footwork and the accuracy are tied together. If his footwork improves, I think it's natural to believe that his accuracy will get that much better also. Is Pat Shimmer the right offensive coordinator for him? Um, I thought he was creative against Kansas City. Had Mm -hmm. a couple of screens, which we've been talking about, which we hadn't seen. Um, I think Pat Shermer is just getting to know the players, sort of where the players are getting to know Pat Shermer's offense. So a bit unfair to try to judge him based on, you know, these 12 games with no offseason, no OTAs, no training camp, no nothing. So... Uh, I, I think if, if your question is, will Pat Shermer be back? I feel pretty strongly that he will. Is there a game that Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay have both done well? I feel like it's either one or the other. Does that make sense? Um, is there a game where you go, yes, that was a great one-two punch. That worked. Well, Gordon, I mean, Lindsay had a great game against the Chargers in the comeback. Gordon had a pretty good game against the Chargers as well. Okay. But... I mean, Gordon, I'll tell you what I see from Philip Lindsay. I, I see a guy that is banged up a little bit, and I see a guy that's pressing. He is looking to make big plays every time he touches the ball, and that's hard to do in this league. So instead of staying true and pressing the hole and certain handoffs, he's looking to cut that thing back and, and spit out and, and make big yardage. And so to me, I see a frustrated Philip Lindsay when he runs the ball from time to time. I just. I see a frustrated Philip Lindsay. Um, and I don't think he's completely healthy. And, and give Melvin Gordon his props. I mean, Melvin Gordon, uh, we were reading a stat before the game. Melvin Gordon is, is the third best running back in terms of breaking tackles this year in the league. He's a big, strong dude. And uh, I thought he had a heck of a game against Kansas City. Yeah, 131 yards. Speaking of running backs, we're going to see a very familiar running back coming up on Sunday morning. It is the Broncos and the Panthers. We'll preview that game coming up next. The Dave Logan Podcast can be found at iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Remember to download, and if you like what you hear, share with your friends and subscribe. Remember, you can log on to our website, thedaveloganpodcast.com. Go to the Contact tab to ask us questions. We'll read them on the podcast. Most every question is fair game. Just keep it classy. It's thedaveloganpodcast.com, or you can send your question directly to us on Twitter, at DaveLoganPod or at JulieBrahman1. Well, the holiday season is here, like it or not. 
but we have a way of easing your stress and actually having a little bit of fun with all this madness. Just head to mollyspirits.com and check out their holiday gift guide right at the top of the page. Now, if you need some thought and festive ideas for the season of giving, believe me, Molly's has them. They have creative gift ideas for the dog lover, that's me, the gym rat, the that's travel me. junkie, sure, the art lover. I mean, after all, who doesn't want a bottle of Lab Portuguese red wine, bottle of Skinny Girl Margarita Aviation Gin, or the Breckenridge Straight Bourbon Art series. Do you get where we're going with all this? Molly says creative and fun gift ideas for this holiday season. In fact, they have two locations to shop from, 44th and Harlan in Lakeside or in the Arapahoe Marketplace, which is I-25 in Arapahoe, right next to Sprouts. So stop in and check out their amazing wine selection, thousands of beers and whiskeys from all over the world. Don't know exactly what you want? Well, the Molly staff is excellent. They're always available to help. You choose that perfect bottle and now more than ever, it's important to support these small businesses. Molly loves working with local Colorado breweries, wineries, and distilleries. And yes, if your work holiday party is going to be virtual this year, Molly's can even help you with that as well. Again, two locations to check out. You can use their contactless curbside pickup, or if you prefer, choose delivery for online orders placed through their website. Molly's Spirits, the place to go for all of your beer, wine, and liquor needs during this holiday season. So welcome back to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman. I missed last week and before before we continue, because we've talked a little bit about this on the air and I've had so many people reach out and text and uh, I am so appreciative of that. My daughter was involved in a wreck and uh, sustained head injuries. She, has, uh, she had four skull fractures and a brain bleed. That is not a call that you want to get late at night. That's not a call you want to get ever. So I flew down to Houston. The injury, the accident was in Houston. She was in ICU for seven days. Um, she has been released. I have transported her here to Denver, which is the good news. And she's improving, which is great news. And uh, we start uh, with the neurosurgeon and sort of uh, outlining uh, an immediate sort of path and what the short-term and long-term uh, goals will be realistically, and she may do a little bit of uh, of work with Craig, which is just a fabulous facility. But I wanted to say that because I I've had so many people reach out, and uh, uh, and I really appreciate that, and so does Cassidy. So thank you. Yeah, I yeah. mean, of course. And yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and great to hear that she's doing yeah. uh, much better. Yeah. Um. So, segue yeah. Sunday morning at eleven a.m. Broncos and Panthers. Yes, from Carolina. Uh, both teams four and eight. However, Carolina lost to the Chiefs only by two. Do tell me so, about Carolina. So, what does that tell you? This is a pretty freaking good. So you kind of into moral victories, sort of thing. Uh, I do have to say, the Broncos lost to the Chiefs by six. Does that what? What does that tell I, you? There was a listen. This is a team that had lost ten straight. That many people thought were going to get blown out. Yeah, I think there's positives to take from that. Okay. I don't know if that's labeled a more moral victory, but for all these people that are like, well, you know, in Denver we don't settle for that. Well, this isn't the Broncos of old. If you can't adapt and change and realize how the yeah, but you don't want to settle for a no, 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 feel no. good about a six point loss. I, mean, I that, think you should feel good about going to Kansas that they were City. Closer? That they were closer instead of getting blown out and Let not even in the game. Let me just summarily reject that, that opinion. I think you're wrong. I, I know, but I reject it as nothing that I would ever put into my mindset. You can't feel decently about performing better? I think they played better. better. That would be what I would say. Okay. 
they lost. Yeah. In the NFL, you either win or you lose. Right. Right. But isn't if you're looking for your team to get better, can't you look at that as a mark of the team is getting better? Yes. Like, I think they I think they played better. But many? ultimately, that I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be uh, get off my lawn guy, but ultimately mm-hmm. that it that that doesn't that just doesn't get you anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think we're saying the same thing. It's like, it's like, you know, your neighbor makes you a pumpkin pie for the Christmas holiday season mm-hmm. and you eat the pie mm-hmm. and it, you know, she was nice enough. They were nice enough to make the same pie the year before and the year before, you know, two of your children got very sick from eating <laughs> the pie. And so you're a little bit worried about eating this pie, but yeah. you do. Uh-huh. And after you eat it, nobody gets sick, Yeah, but it really wasn't, it wasn't a, a great pie. Uh-huh. Just that nobody almost died from it. So... <laughs> That would be my my analogy. Did you just think that up? Or you actually... Yeah, no, I just did. Not sure <laughs> okay. what that means. I don't either, but I like it. All right, let's talk about Carolina. Give us a, a brief synopsis of the Panthers. We know Christian McCaffrey will yeah. be playing. He's only played in three games. As of now, I guess I'll tell you this, and you, you probably know this, it's all about COVID in Carolina. Right? Yeah, they've shut down the facility mm-hmm. uh, Monday and Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So we'll... And we're taping this on Tuesday. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So we'll monitor that. But um, it, it is so surreal to see Christian McCaffrey and to watch what a great player he has turned into. Mm-hmm. He was a great player at Stanford and a great player at Valor Christian. And you just knew. I remember watching the first time I ever saw him play. Uh, we were scouting. Valor was playing Grandview at Valor. And we were playing Grandview, I think, the next week. So we went to watch the game. And I knew Eddie's sons were playing and his older son, Max, um, had played and then uh, and then Christian was the second oldest. And so Christian's playing as a ninth grader. Yeah. And I know how good, you know, Grandview year in and year out, really good athletes and well coached. And so he makes this move on a draw play where there's an unblocked linebacker like screaming right in the A gap. And he takes the ball on a draw and then at the last minute just pirouettes and spins away from him and then winds up picking up like 17 yards. And I remember my staff kind of looked over and I looked and said, we're, we're going to have to deal with that guy for the next four <laughs> years. I mean, he, you knew right then as a freshman in high school mm-hmm. that he had such a superior skill set that he was unlike any high school freshman that I'd ever seen. And yeah. then, you know, has a great career there, goes to Stanford, should have won the Heisman, didn't. Uh, I was hoping the Broncos might be able to move up and get him. They either they, they they couldn't, and so. But I mean, look what he's accomplished. He's he's the most versatile, and I think he's the best all around back in football. He's turned into a man. I mean, you just look at him. You well, know. he's chiseled, man. He's you know you, people worried about him carrying the ball too much. I mean, they just they don't follow football. He's always been that guy. He's never been a little you know scat back sort of guy. Yeah, he's just shorter. But he is put together. He can run between the tackles. He's got great hands. He's got, you could play him as a slot receiver. He's got that kind of skill set to play slot on third down. Very few running backs do. They play in the slot, but they don't have that kind of route running ability in hands. He does. He could play. If they said, hey, you're not going to play running back anymore in your career, I think he could be a Pro Bowl player in the slot. So what happened to Carolina this year to be four and eight? The loss of obviously loss of McCaffrey. Yeah. Part of it. And a new coach. I mean, this is a new system. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, there are a lot of things. 
they've had a lot of injuries. They've had a lot of uh, uh, guys that have moved on. Either they've moved them on, and you knew that um, you knew that when you changed you changed front office people and, and the entire coaching staff that they're going to get the guys they want. But but honestly, they I think they've done a pretty good job. I, I think Carolina looks like they're on the right path. They've been competitive in a lot of these games, even games they haven't found a way to win. So as we, I wouldn't call that a mini argument, but maybe a little teeny weeny disagreement about how we should look at that Kansas City game. If the Broncos go to Carolina... No, it's not. How's that, how's, how would you say that's an argument? It, I, I mean, one of us looks at it with the, <laughs> with the realistic sort of view, and one of us doesn't. And we just have to let our, our fans figure out which I one I don't know if you which. heard it, but I did say, which I'm pretty sure you don't hear a lot. I said, you're wrong. <laughs> or did you just choose not did to? Did you say, you said you're wrong to you? To you. I said, Dave, you're so wrong. So you are into moral victories. Um, I, your, no, hesit- your hesitation. No, I'm just saying, if you want to label that I thought improvement is a good thing, I can walk away and go, here's my point though, that if they can't do anything with it on Sunday and they just go out and poop the bed, then it doesn't mean then anything. The, the moral victory in Kansas City doesn't mean anything? Right. Okay. Well, again, we just have different ways of looking. I, ultimately, I thought they played better, mm-hmm. which was encouraging. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line in the NFL, get back to my pumpkin pie story. You know, we didn't get sick eating the pie like we did the year before, but it's still not very good pumpkin pie. Right. They only scored 16 points. Yeah. Right. The crust was burnt. I mean, you know, there's all sorts of ways we can take this. Here's another thing that I, I'm enjoying about this season, which is interesting in a four and eight season is we don't talk about the offensive line anymore. Like that, when you don't Not talk like about the, used right, to. when you don't talk about the offensive line, that means it's working, right? Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they have played better, been able to run the ball. I mean, Garrett Bowles, that is a success story. I had a, I had a friend of mine that that uh, asked me about well, why why did Bowles play the way he did the first three years because he's and learning play this year. Okay, okay, that's a. That's an optimistic view. He's had a very, very good year. And now he's been signed to a four-year, $68 million extension. And they have to hope that that sort of growth that we've seen from Garrett Bowles will continue. And I think, you know, I think he's made of the right stuff. I think it will. But that's that's what they have to hope. But yes, I think the offensive line has shown signs of improvement. I just think they, again, the biggest mission, offensively speaking, is to find a way to score more points. So what did you think about the A.J. Boye news? Yeah, disappointing. I mean, it just came out today, obviously, and he's going to miss six games. So the Broncos have four games left in this season. But um, from what I have heard, it is similar to what a couple of the Texan players experienced, one of which was Bradley Roby, a former Bronco player. And he and I think it was Will Fuller said that they took a product and didn't realize that there was a banned substance in the product. And I know people are skeptical about that. And it is the player's responsibility to know. The issue, I think, for me, turns out to be the trust that some of these players have with either trainers or guys providing them things. Players are always looking for an edge. Players are always looking to, if if somebody takes that and that helps that player in some regard, I mean, players know players nowadays, even more so than ever before with social media and all that. And they share information. Hey, you know what, bro? I took this man and, you know, I, I could run for it. I mean, whatever. Believe me, those players are going to look into what that guy took. And then the, the thing about the train, not the trainers, but the, the personal strength coaches or whatever, players trust guys. And if the guy said, hey, take this, it's clean. Mm-hmm. I know I've known a lot of guys over the years that would just take that 
the reality of it is now you can't you can't trust anybody. It doesn't mean you're not boys. It doesn't mean you're not friends with them. But you have to do some due diligence yourself and look at all those because they're all listed. Yeah. They're hard to find sometimes, but every ingredient in whatever product he took is listed, has to be listed. So it's unfortunate for sure. And it it kills the Broncos, right? I mean, you look at Bryce Callahan who missed last week in Kansas City. You know, I don't know that he's going to come back soon, maybe. But they are so young in the back end. They just lost Isang Bassey for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's a depleted secondary the Broncos have. It's just frustrating because I don't think that this defense will, will ever see what it could live up to its potential, obviously, this year. Not this year. No, not this year. And then you've got Von Miller and you know his rehab, and they do they bring him back? I mean, you've got do they going to sign Shelby Harris? I mean, you've got some good individual players on this defense. You know what do you what do you I mean what do you do moving forward? How much money can you can you uh, spend on the defense for the next season? So, but this is I mean in a season that has has been disappointing and four and eight and the zombie apocalypse, it just uh, sort of sort of fits the narrative, right? As we wrap up the podcast, today is Tuesday, December 8th. Most of us have ordered some gifts online. Some of us have gone to the mall. I've known you for almost 30 years. Has shopping for the holidays even entered that brain of yours? No. I mean, we just finished, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks have been well, you know, just I've been underwater, right? But my shopping experience, I figure this is the 8th of December. Mm-hmm. I think we have two more podcasts before I will start to really lock in on going to the mall. And I'm going You're going to go to the mall? Oh, yeah. I do every year. We power shop. I uh-huh. get a couple of my friends. Yeah. We buy nothing until like the, whatever, 22nd, maybe right. the 23rd, and then we just go kill it. Can I... I've wanted to go with you every year. No, I'm sorry. Boys only. I could suggest things that people will actually you, you know want what? you have my cell number just text me <laughs> text me a list of what people want no but we we do that and uh you know it's a it's a it's a guy thing that's that's sort of how guys shop i mean women generally speaking uh-huh. they like to they like a list of things they're going to go get and they go to the mall or at least they used to more than men yeah i i don't have a list i just go walk in this store say what is this called okay what do you sell here all right let me think would that be good for you know and then I know. I just want to see that. Like you guys are a different species. We get coffee. We sit down, chop it up, talk about football season. Uh-huh. Hey, did you see that bowl game, which this year probably won't be played. Right. But uh, yeah, just it's a uh, it's a guy time thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I will try and get to the into the guy time. Wonderful to have you back. Thank you. Good to see you. And even we will via Zoom. Even via Zoom. We'll see you next week. Au revoir. Hey, time once again to talk about DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. This week, some exciting action coming up, and DraftKings has a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. Now, if you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now because you want to get involved in this. You can draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, pass, and catch means a heck of a lot more with DraftKings. It's really simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at millions of dollars. Here's what you do. Download the DraftKings app now and use code Logan. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Just enter code Logan to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. The code again, my last name, Logan, only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.